0: You're listening to Brand Astrology, a podcast dedicated to helping creative women build cosmically good brands. I'm your host Lizzie Campbell, a brand strategist and designer, blogger, content creator, and coffee enthusiast. Ten years ago, I started a blog on the floor of my college dorm room and turned it into my full-time design studio and a network of over 50,000 friends and followers before my 25th birthday. And now I'm here to help you do the same. Ready to start your brand journey? Let's get to it! I'm your host, Lizzie Benson, and today I wanted to share something that kind of scares me a little. Um, I'm going to be talking about all of the mistakes that I made in my first year of running my business full time. As you may or may not know, this past weekend, um, October 26th, I believe, marked my one year anniversary of quitting my crappy day job and working for myself full time. That's super exciting and it's really crazy to think about and it's certainly been a year with a lot of ups and downs. I've made plenty of mistakes, and I know I'll continue to make plenty more, honestly. Owning a business is a bumpy and confusing road with no clearly marked map. No one does things perfectly 100% of the time. Sometimes you screw up and it sucks, but guess what? You learned how not to do things going forward. You can't beat yourself up about it because at the end of the day, it's unproductive and it'll just make you feel worse. So yeah, I've made a lot of small and some big mistakes this year. But guess what? I'm still in business. Nothing catastrophic happened. Every time I made a mistake, I came out of it stronger and better prepared for the next time I faced that situation. That's how you learn things. And I figured if I can help at least one other person learn from my own mistakes and course correct before they happen, then they can go on to make more and better mistakes and learn from their own. So without further ado, here are 8 things I screwed up this year and what I learned from each one of them. The first one is saying yes to projects and clients I wasn't passionate about because I was afraid of not having any money. This mostly happened at the beginning of this journey. I was somewhat pushed into full-time entrepreneurship before I felt quite ready. It's a good thing because I think if I'd been more comfortable in my current situation at the time, I never would have made the leap. So all's well that ends well, but it meant that while I had some savings and a bit of money coming in at the beginning, it was a constant concern and worry about finding more clients or projects so I could make money and prove to everyone and myself that I could succeed at running a business full time. And also I really did not want to have to look for a new day job. I should also mention that at the time that I quit my day job, I was working more in the social media marketing space. I knew that I wanted to be a brand designer and a strategist, but I didn't have as much of a proven track record in that field. I was totally burnt out and sick of working on other people's social media, like I hated it so much by that point, but it was so much easier to find social media manager roles since I had tons of experience already and people are literally always looking for a social media person. So, right after I went full-time, I took on a couple of social media projects to have something I could fall back on. Even though looking at the back end of an Instagram scheduling app literally made me see red, even though I felt like I was going to throw my computer out the window the next time I had to pull some analytics or find new hashtags or write captions for someone else's content, and as a result, because I was miserable and anxious and I knew it wasn't what I wanted to be doing, I didn't do a very good job. Obviously not on purpose, and I obviously still feel guilty and terrible about this. For probably pretty clear reasons, neither of these projects lasted very long. And while at the time I felt super embarrassed and ashamed that I'd screwed it up, it taught me an incredibly valuable lesson. Don't accept projects or clients that you're not passionate about and not ready to give your all to, because it won't go well. And also don't take on projects from a place of anxiety or scarcity. I'm not really a huge believer in manifesting stuff yet, but I do know that mindset is key, and the times when I've done things or accepted projects out of fear of not having money are the times when the projects turn into nightmares, go way over schedule, or under budget, or just end up not being good situations all around. The second thing is working too much and not giving myself time for relaxation or personal time. Another thing that I did towards the beginning was work constantly. Whether I was actually accomplishing anything worthwhile is honestly questionable, but I was on my computer doing something from the time I woke up till the time I went to bed. I have a pretty obsessive personality and when I'm onto something, whether it's a project or an idea for a design or a blog post or whatever, I just can't not work on it. I'm 99% certain I have previously undiagnosed ADHD, but that's a conversation for a different day. The point is, it's impossible to maintain this kind of work schedule. It's a recipe for instant burnout at the very least. Plus, it kind of destroys all your fun and free time. I live with my boyfriend of nearly 10 years, and he finally said, look, you're working constantly, and I feel like we never do anything anymore. You're sitting right next to me, but I feel like I hardly ever see you. I hadn't hit that place of burnout yet, but I was definitely on the fast track, And if he hadn't pointed out what I was doing, I would have happily kept right on going until I crashed into that wall at full speed. As I got more comfortable in my workflow, I focused on setting better boundaries and protecting my personal time. I set office hours for myself and communicated them to my clients, and I do my best not to answer any emails during the evenings or weekends to reinforce those boundaries. Now it's become a lot easier to stop working at 5 or 6 and not think about work too much until the next morning. There are of course times when I have a deadline or I'm really in the zone on a project and I work a little bit longer in the evening or over the weekends, but it's not an issue since I'm not doing that all the time. The third mistake was not making a plan or a set schedule and wasting a lot of time. (laughs) I will be the first to tell you that I have very little in the way of time management skills. Planning and keeping to a schedule are not my forte. And this has been a bit of a problem as I transitioned from a structured 9-to-5 job to having a wide-open field of free time each and every day to do whatever I deemed was important or necessary. Long story short, I wasted a lot of time when I was first starting out. It was a combination of still feeling burnt out and exhausted from the job I'd just left, accepting several projects I wasn't loving, and simply not knowing what to do with myself. I would spend entire days fiddling around with designs for my Etsy shop, or get lost down an Instagram or Pinterest rabbit hole and emerge with nothing concrete to show for it. I'm going to be honest, I still struggle with this now. I've gotten a lot better at setting a schedule or list of what I need to accomplish for the week and knowing whether I can shuffle things around on a given day or if I need to buckle down and get it done. But I've tried so many different ways of structuring and scheduling my days and weeks out, and it's still a constant work in progress. I tried blocking or batching tasks or dividing up projects or other responsibilities by days of the week, but the fact of the matter is, if I don't have creative inspiration to work on a specific task or if I have a project idea or something else on my mind, I have a really hard time focusing on a different task or powering through the creative block. It works best for me to sit down at the beginning of the week and chart out what tasks and milestones I need to complete for the week ahead. I try to map out rough deadlines or days of the week that I want to have certain things done as well, but other than that, I try to give myself some leeway and flexibility. Because that's a big part of the point of working for yourself, is the freedom to do what you want when you want to, within reason of course. Some days I wake up and I know things aren't going to get done that day. Like yesterday, it was cold and rainy and I didn't feel good. And I sat on my couch in a blanket cocoon and I watched all eight episodes of Looking for Alaska on Hulu. I knew I wouldn't accomplish anything concrete by forcing myself to do a task that I couldn't wrap my mind around. I also knew that I didn't have anything on my plate that was so pressing that I couldn't afford to take a mental health day. It's important. The moral of the story is twofold. You need to find some sort of project planning and time management system that works for you, But you also need to give yourself freedom and flexibility and make time for self-care and fun days my fourth mistake was trying to do absolutely everything myself i am a very diy kind of person i always have been i'm also a bit of a perfectionist and i'm bad at delegating tasks because i find it hard to explain what's in my head and would prefer to just do it myself but i realized this year that it's just not possible for me to do everything on my own I've experimented with hiring a virtual assistant and some freelance junior designers to help with my workload. I'll be the first to admit that I haven't done a great job of effectively delegating tasks yet, but it's something that I'm working on and it's nice to have people to fall back on. One hire that was non-negotiable for me this year was an accountant. I am not a numbers person. Math has always been my biggest enemy. And this past year, I made a minor clerical error on my tax returns that meant that instead of getting a nice refund like I thought, I actually owed quite a hefty sum to the good old IRS. Whoops. I decided that this was the last time I would ever do my own taxes. It stresses me out way too much, and I knew things were only going to get more complex now that I had a whole LLC and everything. So I searched around, asked for recommendations, and hired my incredible CPA. And it's such a relief knowing my bookkeeping is taken care of and at the end of the year, I won't need to do much of anything about my taxes and I know they'll be correct. You just can't do everything yourself. And if you want to scale or grow your business, you shouldn't try to. My fifth mistake was not planning financially for slow times. I had a couple of slow times during this past year. They're natural and to be expected. And if you plan correctly for them and know what and when to expect them, they don't have to be that scary. But that was where I screwed up. The first slump was directly after the holidays and i was still very new to this whole thing i was honestly a little shell-shocked coming out of my first holiday season with my product shop which took off like way faster than i could have imagined during those last couple months of the year i basically only did stuff for my product shop and a couple of small clients i was so focused on that during those last few months that i neglected to cultivate any new leads or client relationships for the service side of my business holiday sales dried up after the first of the year and i suddenly had no leads and very few existing clients this was the most tense time for me because it was so early on i was afraid the whole thing was over before it really began luckily i focused on finding new leads honing my skills and began to find a steadier stream of clients the second slow time came as a huge shock to me it happened directly after my highest earning month of the year so far in april I thought I was made in the shade, I was feeling flush, and I thought that all of my money worries were done with. I assumed that things would just be this way from here on out. And then the next month, crickets. Because I'd failed to continue to cultivate new leads because I was suddenly booked solid. So all of those initial deposits that had me feeling flush in April were long gone by May and the final payments were weeks off. My other big mistake around this time was thinking that money would be flowing easily from now on and spending it as if that were the case, instead of putting something aside for later. I think it's safe to say I have definitely learned my lesson. (laughs) That being said, it's important to have a plan for the slow times. Put money aside in an emergency fund. I like to have at least 2-3 to months of basic expenses put away at any given time. Come up with ideas for finding new clients or other ways you can make money like product launches or other things. It's not pleasant to think about, but you will thank yourself when a slump comes around and you're able to ride it out without frantically applying to every Starbucks in the area. My sixth mistake was focusing too much on what everyone else was doing and getting shiny object syndrome instead of staying in my lane and honing in on what I was doing well. I have always had a real problem with so-called shiny object syndrome, Basically, I'll be working on a new idea or project, feeling content, and then I see something else that someone is doing or making or selling, and I get a different idea and suddenly I want to abandon whatever project I was working on for that new one. I'm also really bad at comparing myself to other people. Instagram is such an insidious place for this. I can't count the number of times I've gotten caught up in a scrolling spiral and started thinking things like, why is everyone else so much more talented and successful than I am? First of all, as I probably don't need to tell you all, social media is a highlight reel and can often mask what's really going on in someone's life or business. Basically, we never know the full story. And second of all, it's just not worth comparing yourself to other people. Because for one thing, something I've learned a lot recently is, for every person whose Instagram you're staring at longingly hoping to be like them someday, someone else is looking at your profile that same way. No one can do things exactly the way you do them. Even if you feel like everyone else is doing what you're doing, you bring a unique perspective to your projects and your business that only you can offer. This will resonate with your people, you just have to get clear on your ideal client and find them. Sometimes you just have to put your blinders on and charge forward with what you're working on. And if that means temporarily banning yourself from social media or whatever you have to do, then so be it. My seventh mistake is not charging my worth and giving discounts to people. I think this is something that every single business owner and freelancer has dealt with at the beginning. It's so difficult to accurately determine how much you should be charging, and there's no real industry standards with things like creative fields, for one thing, and there will always be someone charging more or less than you. And your idea of what is a lot or not a lot will change over time. For instance, thinking about what I charged people at the beginning of this year or even earlier. I thought it was an obscene amount of money to ask for at the time. Now I think it's ridiculous that I thought I could have made a proper living asking for that amount of money. Your perspective changes. And the fact of the matter is, your pricing is all about your positioning and your ideal clients. I know someone who has paid tens of thousands of dollars for a branding and web design package, and I know of other people who wouldn't pay over a thousand. My point is, no matter what your price point is, someone out there will pay it provided you have the skills and processes to back it up. You just have to get crystal clear on who your target market is and then figure out how to show up and talk straight to them so they pick up what you're putting down. Earlier this spring, I had decided my prices were way too low once I did the math about how many packages I'd need to sell to make the bare minimum of what I wanted to make annually. I raised all of my package service prices by $1,000. At the time, that was terrifying. A couple of the services more than doubled in price because of this. And guess what? Before I did this, I was having a really hard time finding clients that were willing to book my services. I had been told by a few prospects recently that I was out of their budget, so raising my prices was even scarier in the face of that. But I had been working through Kinsey Madsen's Rich Creative Crash Course, which by the way I highly recommend, and I knew a lot of the pricing was about your own mindset and your audience so i took the leap and i raised my prices figuring that you know if no one was responding i could always quietly walk it back but guess what after i raised those prices my inquiries started increasing and i booked the majority of clients who reached out to me and the projects that i was booking were aligned with my ideal vision and passions and i've had so much more fun working on them The times when I have given discounts or sold myself short have historically been the times when a project has turned into a nightmare or gone way over schedule or the client has been demanding and unsatisfied with everything I've done. The projects where I've charged my full rate have been the projects that have gone super smoothly and have been a great experience for both parties. Go figure. And my final mistake, well, certainly not my final mistake, but the last one that we'll be talking about today, was taking on too many projects at one time without planning out any timelines. Something I've done a few times this year has been taking on way too many projects without planning out timelines or staggering start dates. It goes back to me thinking I can do everything and also being a little bit of a people pleaser so I never want to say, oh, you'll have to wait a few weeks or whatever. I found myself inundated with projects that then end up going over schedule or dragging out forever because I didn't create or clearly communicate a timeline or a schedule for either myself or the client. Once again, this all goes back to my poor time management skills, honestly. I've learned to work on creating timelines and deadlines for myself and for my clients and not letting them get away from me. It's hard and it doesn't come naturally to me, but it makes all the difference. You also just have to be really honest with yourself about how much you can take on at a time and how much you're willing to like work on things solidly. Someday I'd love to hire a project manager that can do these things for me because I'm terrible at them. But for right now, it's me and my Google calendar app against the world. (laughs) So that's all for this episode. Just a short, sweet, and to-the-point thing about all the ways I've screwed up this year. <laughs> I hope you were able to get some valuable takeaways, at least, and learn from my mistakes so you can make new and better ones yourself. As always, if you have any questions or thoughts or episode ideas, feel free to shoot me an email at hello at ansheesbrave.com or DM me on Instagram. And be sure to follow along with me on Instagram at Lizzie Jacqueline L I Z Z I E J A C K L Y N and at And She's Brave. And if you're enjoying the podcast, it would mean the world if you left a rating or a review on iTunes or just shared it with somebody that you think would enjoy it. Thank you so much for listening to Brand Astrology. Be sure to follow along on Instagram at asteriastudio.co and find us online at www.asteriastudio.co. Links are in the description. And if you're enjoying the show, it would mean the world to me if you left a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or just shared the show with someone who might like it. See you next week.